This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's who God is revealed by Jesus Christ, who was never, Jesus Christ was never heard raising his voice, screaming in the streets. Matthew 12, 19, Matthew 12, 19, he shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. That very small, very broken voice of God is revealed in Jesus Christ who chose not to enter Jerusalem on a great white stallion, but on a little donkey colt in Matthew 21, 5. Matthew 21, 5, tell you the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting on a, upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass. That very small and very broken voice of God is revealed in Jesus Christ, who when he was falsely accused, when he was unjustly condemned to death, he didn't protest. He didn't protest, he didn't cry out for justice, he, he, just, he just went on in tenderness and gentleness. So unlike, I was with an Israeli uh, lady, this last a group of Israelis this last week, and one of the ladies told me, she said, um, when I don't get my way, I yell louder, she said. She said, it, like for example, I need an appointment over in Israel with the doctor, and they said, we're sorry, they can't see you till next Thursday. And I screamed and they said, oh, we have an appointment today we can give you. That was not Christ. That was not Christ at all, because he was, he was the one of 1 Peter 2.21, 1 Peter 2.21. Even hereunto we are called, because Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. It, it reminds me of, uh, reminds me, actually, Clint's daughter, I, he told me the other day about Cassidy and who Clint was trying to cut her hair and messed up her hair terribly, you know. <laughs> and then Clint, you know, it, and, and, and it looked bad. And so Clint told his little Cassidy, he said, you know, I was really sorry. And Cassidy said, it's okay. It's okay. That's the way that Christ went to the cross with the submission of, it's okay. But you were falsely accused. It's okay. 
but you were condemned to death and you shouldn't die. It's okay. And so now in keeping with that very small and very broken voice character of God, Christ institutes the greatest way for us to remember his death for with us with no fanfare other than verse, the verse we said in 26, verse 26, as they were eating, as they were eating. And by the way, that very soft and very broken voice is how God speaks to us. That's how God speaks to us. You know, yesterday I, uh, I saw in the newspaper in the Times of Israel an article that read how Pentecostal Christianity is taking over the world. And the picture they showed is of this Pentecostal preacher with his hands raised up. And, and in that picture, you know, there was just a picture, but you could hear the loud shouting and the tongues and the assaulting music. And that's what the times of Israel is portraying to the Jewish people as Christianity that's taking over the world. But God spoke to Elijah in a very small and very broken voice. And God speaks to us in a very small voice as we quietly read our Bibles and meditate on every word. And it's so easy for us to miss the voice of God and the message to us and the, unless we make ourselves quiet, silencing all those assaulting thoughts of urgencies and silencing all those intruding fears that cause us to be anxious and silencing all those lurements that, well, that we gotta do this, we gotta go there, we gotta do this project, and it draws us away from being involved in the scriptures. And unless we silence all those urgencies and those fears and those attractions, we won't hear the very small voice. We won't hear the very still voice, the very broken voice of God speaking to our hearts. And so it was here at this meal that Christ, in keeping with the nature of the very still and the very broken voice, he just, while seated, reaches for a piece of matzah bread. Matzah or unleavened bread. It's very interesting, matzah bread. You know, it hasn't risen. It's bread that hasn't risen. And it's not what we normally think of as bread. You know, it reminds me of when when I had a Seder for my sons and my grandchildren and my youngest grandson, Colton, just a little guy at the table when I picked up the piece of matzah and I said, this is bread. Colton, Colton spoke up and said, that's bread? <laughs> well, matzah is a very special bread. And that's why Christ picked it up at the supper. He, that's what he picked it up. He, that's what he picked up, the unleavened bread. And as he picked it up, we can imagine of him thinking about that matzo. Matzo is very simple. It's only made with flour and water. That's it. And the flour is made from some kernels of either wheat or rye or barley. It can be any of those. But obviously, those kernels, in order to make flour, have to be crushed. They have to be crushed. As a matter of fact, the word that the Bible uses for that process of crushing those kernels in order to make the flour, to make the bread, the Bible uses the term bruised in Isaiah 28, 28. Isaiah 28, 28, it says, bread is bruised. And that word for bruised, for the kernel that's crushed in Isaiah 28, 21, is the word dakak, dakak, which is the same as translated as small, the small, still small voice, 
is the bruised voice in 1 Kings 19.12, 1 Kings 19.12 that Elijah heard. And as Christ reaches for that bread, we can see him thinking about how the wheat berries were bruised, they were crushed to make that, the flour to make the matzah, and how he soon will be Isaiah 53.5, Isaiah 53.5, he was bruised for our iniquities. And again, that word in Isaiah 53.5 is dakak. It's the same word used in 1 Kings 19.12 to speak about the type of voice that God had, that very still and very, very broken voice, a very dakak voice. And we can see Christ thinking as he takes that matzah of Isaiah 28.28 28, that that was made, that the bread was bruised, dakak, the berries to make the flour. And he will soon be dakak, bruised, wounded for our transgressions. And then the process of making the matzah is very interesting and involves, um, it's very important the matzah doesn't rise, so they, just to make sure they do some things to it. One of the things they do it is they lay stripes down on it, even stripes, into the dough to keep it from rising. And Christ picks up that matzah bread and he sees those stripes on it. And we can imagine him thinking about it. soon his flesh is going to be ripped through the beatings and he's gonna receive on his back and he's gonna be striped. And then Isaiah 53, five, Isaiah 53, five coming to his mind. With his stripes, we are healed. With his stripes, we are healed. And then to further assure that the matzah doesn't rise, the matzah, the matzah dough along those stripes is poked with holes along the stripe line. So as Christ looks again at those pierce holes in the matzah, we can see him thinking about how my hands, my feet, my side will be pierced with nails and a sword and how it's gonna be those pierce marks that will bring the nation of Israel to their knees in a humble repentance for having turned him over to the Romans to do the dirty work and crucify him. And Zechariah 12.10, Zechariah 12.10, and I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one is in bitterness for his firstborn. And then Matzah, after it's been uh, striped and pierced and, well, the flour's been bruised, it's then baked in an oven, and that gives matzah those, those golden patches, little patches on it. And as Christ picks up the matzah and, and sees those golden patches, we can see him thinking to himself, soon I'm gonna be in the oven of God's forsaking, and I'm gonna cry out, Psalm 21, 22.1, Psalm 22.1, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? So as Christ picks up this matzah bread, he sees himself in the bruised meal and in the stripes and in the piercings and in the oven baked. And he blesses it and, and we can see his blessing as blessing, typical blessing. It's a great blessing for the bread. It's Baruch Atadonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Hamotzi Lechem Min Haaretz. And literally, that blessed are you, Lord God, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, 
and this is the great phrase, it's the great phrase is, who brings forth bread from the dirt, or the earth, the dirt. That's an amazing statement, that God brings bread out of the dirt of the earth. What a wonder that God does that. Reminds me of the, of the sea, you see Cortez there, sea, salty, salty water, salty water, and from that water comes wonderful fish to eat. It's like the sea is a great refrigerator. I was thinking of it like that, a great refrigerator. You go there, you open the door, and you take out a, a, a delicious fish to eat. The dirt of the earth, the dirt of the earth, like a giant pantry and you open the door, you plant seeds in the earth, and, and you make the flower, and you, from the dirt of the earth, you, you take out these berries, they'll be crushed and make this wonderful bread. Christ blesses the bread in verse 26, and as he sees himself in the bread, we see, see Christ thinking and, and thanking God for having enabled him to become that bread to be given for the life of the world, as he said, is Hebrews 10.5, Hebrews 10.5, wherefore when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And we can see Christ in verse 26, he's, as he's blessing the bread and he's praying, I thank you, Father, for giving me a body that can be like bread and can be bruised like the wheat to, to make the bread, and striped like the matzah bread, and pierced like the matzah bread, and baked like the matzah bread, a body that I can give to be like this matzah that, that I've now taken in my hand. And then, and he spoke about himself as a bread before. This isn't the first time, John 6, 33, John 6, 33. He says, the bread of God is he that cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. As the manna came down, gave life to the world. Bread is so critical, so so important. I mean, I mean, you know, we go out to the store, we buy Wonder Bread or whatever we buy. But uh, you know, the group of five Israelis, when they were in the in the house down there in Loretto, one of them, um, kind of a take charge uh, woman. Anyway, uh, Avni, she, she said uh, she said immediately when she got in, she goes, "I have to make bread." So okay, where we we go, we buy the everything she bought there. And so she made the bread called challah. You know, she made the bread, and then she made also a sweet one. Also, it was very good with Nutella. But anyway, and then you know, and then that bread was everybody. That's a custom. That's a tradition. The bread has to be there because the bread is life. The bread is life. And he said in John six thirty three, the bread of God is He which comes down from heaven and gives His life unto the world. He's likening himself to bread, and he took the matzah bread at that time, and we can see him thinking how he told others that he was like bread. In John 6.35, or 6.35 also, John 6.35, Jesus saith unto him, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. John 6.48, John 6.48, so John 6 is all the I am the bread chapter. John 6.48, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that if a man may eat thereof, not die. On the living bread which came down from heaven, if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I'll give is my flesh, which I'll give for the life of the world. And so now he's got this matzah bread in his hand. 
and he's thinking all the ways that it represents him. He's going through his mind in this verse 26. Verse 26, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it. So with this bread in his hand, he doesn't pass it to others as you normally would so that they can break off and eat it. He doesn't break off a piece for himself he, and then pass it to others, which is normal. But with that bread in his hand, he breaks it into pieces. And as he does that, we can see him thinking to himself how his body is going to be broken for them. And he breaks the bread and he doesn't take any for himself because he wants them to know it's his decision to be broken for them, not for himself, but for them. As he said in John, John 10, 17, John 10, 17, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down myself that I might lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it Again, this commandment have I received of my father. And so when Pilate said that it was himself, it was Pilate that had power to break or not break his body, Christ said, no, you don't. In John 19.10, John 19.10, then, then saith Pilate unto him, speakest thou, thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, thou canst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivereth me hath greater sin. From that time forth, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, if, if thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. Pilate did not want to break his body, but Pilate was forced to. And Christ made the decision to have his body broken. Christ could have called legions of angels to prevent his body from being broken in Matthew 26, 52. Matthew 26, 52, then said Jesus unto him, put again on thy sword into his place, for all that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he will presently give me more than 12 legions of angels, but how then shall the scripture be fulfilled that thus it must be? So in order to send the message that this was Christ's decision to have his body broken, Christ breaks the bread and symbolizes his body. And when he broke the bread, we can imagine Christ maybe wincing as he thought how, what was gonna happen to his body. But then with those broken pieces of bread in his hand, he reaches out his hand to his disciples for them to take it, take it from his hand. And as he does that, we can see him thinking, this is for you, this is for you. Just as when he is gonna soon be on the cross with his body literally broken, nailed to wood, and from that cross without words, he can, he's saying, this is for you, this is for you. Verse 26, verse 26, he gave it to the disciples. This is specifically for his followers. He gave it to his disciples, it says, not for those who, do, who are not his disciples. Just as the elements of the Lord's Supper are not for those who are not followers of Christ. Verse 26, he gave it to the disciples. And now with a real majesty, he says the first word, he says his words, he says something. Verse 26, verse 26, take, eat, this is my body. Few words, yet speaks volumes. He says, 
take. He's got an offer. He has in his mind how his body is like bread, and now he makes the great offer for them to take and eat. The gospel is a take and eat invitation. That's what the gospel is. Psalm 34.8, Psalm 34.8 said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are all they that put their, that trusteth in him. So as in take Jesus as your savior, take Jesus as your savior, put your trust in him. But in that offering, in that invitation, he's not just offering dinner bread to them, he's offering them to take him as his savior who died for them and saved them from sin. So when he reaches out his hand out and he takes the bread, first of all, he says nothing. And everyone just thought, well, he's hungry, he wants something to eat. And so, because it wasn't unusual to see him, see him break the bread before eating it, but he says nothing. And then he speaks, he says, take, eat. This is my body. He says, take. But he doesn't take any bread for himself. And as he breaks the bread for them and takes none for himself, he's conveying the message. His body is not broken for his benefit. It's broken for their benefit. As a matter of fact, in another place, we read in, in 1 Corinthians 11, 24, 1 Corinthians 11, 24, when he'd given thanks and break it, he said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So he said his body was broken for them, and he takes none of the bread himself. And his first words after having broken the bread are the invitation, take, eat. It's not enough for the disciples to just know that his body was broken for them. The disciples had to take and eat, which are acts that come from the, from the disciples, from their decision. The words take and eat, they carry a very significant message. Many people think it's enough to just know that Christ died for my sins, that's enough. I know Christ died for my sins. That'd be like just watching Christ break the matzah bread and the disciples doing nothing but they just have the knowledge that, okay, he's gonna die for my sins. Just as Christ said to the disciples, you had to do something with that knowledge of the broken bread. The disciples had to take and eat that broken bread. In the same way, a person has to do something with the knowledge that Christ died for his sin. And that something is symbolized by the taking and the eating acts. Christ could have just broken the bread and then said to the disciples, well, take. But he didn't say that, take. He said, take and eat. And so we consider each act separately, the act of taking and the act of eating. The act of taking is the breaking out of just knowing that the bread is being offered in, in an outward uh, invitation and it's breaking out to an outward move of receiving. Taking is the act of receiving. Taking is the step beyond knowing. Taking is receiving. And receiving is what makes a person a child of God, not knowing, not the knowing act, or not the knowing part, but the receiving. And not receiving is what makes a person not a child of God. And this act of receiving is most dramatically, act of receiving or not receiving, is most dramatically portrayed in the Jewish people who are divided into two groups, the receiving group and the not receiving group. 
in John 1.11. This is what John 1.11 and 12 is all about. It's all about the Jewish people in John 1.11 when it says he came unto his own. That's the Jewish people. He came unto his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. It's all about receiving or not receiving. And when it says he came unto his own, it means he came to the Jewish people. And verse 26, the take is he offered himself to the Jewish people. He came unto his own. And the response of the Jewish people was, his own received him not. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.